This is Jordan Van Trump with Farm Tank. Farm Tank is an organization I formed for individuals and business owners to learn the latest in innovation, execution, and motivation. I believe there's a huge demand for hearing how others have become successful in life. I'll be traveling the world talking to some of the most influential CEOs and founders to help everyone learn and be more successful in their near future. The agricultural community has been extremely grateful to me and my family, so I'd like to do the same for everyone else and share my insights with you. With that, coming to you live with Farm Tank, Jordan Van Trump. Today I have a pleasure of speaking with Carter Malloy. Carter grew up in a farming family and has always had a lifelong passion for investing in agriculture. He graduated from the University of Arkansas with a bachelor's degree in physics. After college, Carter started his own small business called GCB, which focused on internet marketing and sustainable fuel technologies. Then in 2006, Carter went on to become the managing director at Stevens Inc. and he also worked at Park Presido Capital. Carter is the founder and CEO of Acre Trader, which uh, many of you probably haven't heard of Acre Trader. It just launched a few weeks ago, but it's an investing platform for farm ground, basically like investing in stocks almost. We'll touch on that later in the podcast, but uh, Carter is also an official member of the Forbes Financial Council. It's something cool. I usually do uh, phone interviews with people, but I'm actually here live in Fayetteville with Carter. Um, get to see my sister, do a little interview with Carter, talking about Acre Trader a little bit, kind of showed me the platform, got into some technology stuff, which was pretty cool, some stuff I really wasn't familiar with, so uh, really interested in that. But with that, I'd like to welcome Carter to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Pleasure uh, having you on, and I appreciate you inviting me down and showing me the ropes a little bit. It's been a fun afternoon. Let's um, just want to start with something funny. I was telling you, my dad, I was talking to my dad, and we were talking about getting you on the podcast, and he's like, oh, yeah, it'd be a good one. Carter's like a couple years older than you. Uh, (laughs) Just went to... He just graduated from Arkansas too, so you guys like probably got a lot in common. I'm like, oh, cool, like awesome. He's like, yeah, I just met him. Like, seems like a good guy. And I'm, I'm like, Dad, I just got off the phone with Carter, and he said he graduated in like, '04. He's like, nah, nah, like, that's wrong. He definitely like graduated probably like 2014. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Maybe I misread, misheard it. And I'm like, talk to him again earlier this week doing some research on you and I'm like no dad like this guy literally like <laughs> he's like I don't think so you're misreading something but <laughs> yeah I got a baby face it's uh it's you know been been uh, a challenge earlier in life and may- maybe it'll become an asset someday but uh but yeah I came to school here in Fayetteville 20 years ago awesome. and, and uh since uh moved back down to Little Rock and spent five years out in San Francisco um, uh, helping build a a billion-dollar investment fund and recently moved back uh, about a year ago, actually, to to start AcreTrader. Awesome. Well, uh, let's just start this podcast off by you telling our listeners maybe who's the most influential person in your life. Sure. Uh, That would probably be my dad, and and interestingly, that's a plural dad's. Uh, so my parents were divorced at a young age, and, uh, and so I had one dad, uh, country doctor, super analytical, uh, you know, always focused on getting things done the right way, uh, and then my stepdad, Jay, who was uh, a farmer, a grab, the life, grab life by the horns type of person that was all about going out and creating, creating experiences for yourself. So I was really lucky to have those two uh, influences in my life and, and still in my life today. Yeah, I agree. Uh 
dad's a big influencer in my life. We do a lot of stuff together now, getting investing, working together. So a lot of people, we probably were uh, probably more fortunate than we think we are. But uh, mm-hmm. let's uh, let's tell our listeners a little bit about your background, though, where you grew up, high school, college, first real job, maybe some startups. Uh, grew up on a farm in Arkansas. We got a lot of farmer people uh, listening out there so what was that like what was the farm life yeah yeah so i was i was born in a place called stuttgart arkansas which if if you're not from here it may not be familiar but it's the duck hunting capital of the world or so we like to claim uh so it was a a really fun uh, uh farm community there uh then then actually spent a lot of my childhood or most of my childhood in little rock uh with family in stuttgart going back and forth to the family farm uh and then um in, in high school i went to little rock central high school uh, which is a pretty interesting place to go to high school, but but really great, uh, really great experience for me. Uh, in terms of work history, I don't know. I've always had a job. I think I, my first job was probably at a snow cone stand when I was thirteen. Then worked at a tire shop, and I always liked working on cars and working in restaurants, etc. So uh, always uh, had great uh, great experiences, and then worked out uh, with uh, my, my family on the farm as well. Some, uh, and I think you know, importantly, that experience was always being surrounded by great people, and that has been something I've been lucky enough and has persisted uh, throughout my career, uh, both working at Stevens, uh, an investment banking uh, uh, company here in Arkansas, uh, as well as the investment firm. I've just been really lucky to have great people around me as I as I grew up and, and I'm still growing up. Uh, you know, as, as you, uh, I think you mentioned earlier, we have a great board of advisors, and for me, it's uh, even though I'm getting a lot of gray hair, it's always nice to have adult supervision around and uh, have have great advisors and surround myself with people that are smarter than me and which is not hard to do, but um, always nice to have. What about college? You went to University of Arkansas, studied physics. Um, seems like you haven't done a whole lot with physics after college. I mean, similar to me, I'm English and philosophy, and throughout college everyone's like, what do you want to be, a teacher? I'm like, well, I mean, that would make sense if I had a teaching degree, <laughs> but no, that's not what I want to do. But yeah, tell us about like getting the degree in physics and um, now you're pretty much only worked in investing, it seems like. Yeah, so um, so the, the physics program was, was really interesting. Uh, I definitely figured out, as you did pretty early on, I didn't want to do it for a living. And in my case, it was because there was no way I was smart enough or patient enough to get through a, a master's uh, or doctorate program in, in, in that science. Uh, what I really loved about physics was the, the problem-solving component of it. Uh, you're... you're presented with a set of rules and challenges and presented the opportunity to think around those rules or, or come up with your own uh, approach. Uh, and so I think that's, that's a highly applicable skill set, uh, I guess, if you want to call it that, in, in investing. Uh, and then investing is the same. It's a, it's a very rigorous and analytical job and it involves, it's simple math, but, but a lot of thinking, thinking through numbers and uh, making sure that you measure twice and, and cut once or measure three times and cut once uh, so you don't waste a bunch of time or, or worse, uh, money. Yeah, I uh, definitely tip my hat to you on the physics. My sister goes down here to Arkansas, and she's a architect student, one of the top in her class, actually, close to a 4.0, and she still, to this day, says physics were some of the... She had to do the intro-level physics classes, but to this day, she's like, yeah, those were some of my toughest classes. They weren't any fun. Yeah, it was it was a challenge, <laughs> not going to lie. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's really cool. The architecture school here is, is a pretty amazing one, too, so that's, that's great to hear. So uh, tell us a little bit about GCB. Um, sure. So uh, several incarnations, but, but ultimately uh, GCB was uh, uh, a company focused on 
converting cars to run on vegetable oil. Uh, and the, the premise there was to save money. Uh, so we, I was uh, touring as a musician for a couple of years at the end of college and after school. And we were spending a lot of money on gas or, or diesel. Uh, and figured out this this system you could install basically and put on a secondary fuel tank and run it on free cooking oil. I think since that's that's been uh, 15 plus years ago, so uh, a lot of that free oil is probably gone by now. Uh, but uh, at the time, it was it was a really great way for us to save money as we were spending all our time driving around the U.S. and playing music. And so I realized, well, wait, we're saving money here. There's got to be something of commercial value for others. Uh, in terms of the, the things that I learned, I think what was fascinating about that is, you know, we thought, wow, it's a cool business idea, it saves money, but there's this environmental component, so maybe we'll get a bunch of, you know, hippies in, in these old school Mercedes to come in to get them converted. And, and while that happened, our far larger customer base was farmers pulling up in trucks, you know, with these 100, 150 gallon tanks in the back of them uh, to fill up with, with free oil. And so I think that was some of my early uh, appreciation for the. Uh, Creativity and tenacity, uh, and, and ability to adapt uh, that the farmers have to, to help help improve their bottom lines. It was, it was a really great experience. Yeah, it seems like. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that's what the company actually was, but it seems like you've gotten into some other ventures. Uh, but what was one of the best failures that you learned when you were the owner of GCB? Yeah, I think probably that that was it. The the assumption of customers and, and initially going out and, and marketing to the wrong people. Uh, you know, I, I think. It helps to highlight, again, the, the dangers of making assumptions about who people are or what they want. Uh, and, it, and it's something that stuck with me to, to date. I've I spin, spun my wheels a lot and partners spun our wheels. Uh, and, and I think uh, had we been more open-minded from the onset, uh, we probably would have had far less troubles in that business. Yeah, me and my dad, have, we're kind of getting into that now. We're kind of button heads the last two weekends ago. Um, he was telling me, I mean, yes, son, I mean, you got a lot of opinions, but where are the facts? Where are <laughs> I mean, I used to be the same way. I mean, it does come with experience and knowledge, but you're going to have to start going some facts and right. less opinions. <laughs> but um, so after GCB, you went to work for Stevens and Park uh, Presido Capital. Um, what are some of the best tools you gained from these jobs um, to put you in the position you're in today with AcreTrader? Yeah, I think um, it's, it's, it's a great question. I, I think w- one was at Stevens, uh, which is a, a middle market investment bank, probably about 1,000 employees. Uh, it's privately owned by, by one person, uh, and they always had this very overarching goal of focus on the long term, don't get caught up in the near term. And uh, the number one rule of business was stay in business tomorrow. Uh, what that means is don't do things that are stupid, don't act wrong by your client, and don't make near-term driven decisions that could hurt our business in the long term. Uh, that's something that's stuck with me to today, and I think that's the, uh, probably a core principle at Acre Traders. Num- number one is, uh, uh, you know, make sure we're in business tomorrow. Don't break any rules. Don't do anything uh, that, that doesn't help our customers. And I, I think as long as we do that, we'll, we'll build a good business. Uh, I think the other thing I was fortunate enough to be in a position of, both at, at Stevens and at, uh, at the investment fund, was I, I did a lot of hiring and a, and a ton of interviewing. And uh, I think, you know, though the term culture can become a little kitschy uh, in, its, in its application, I, I think it was uh, incredibly important to, to learn to adhere to the, the uh, trying to avoid using a bad word, the, the no jerks rule, right? Don't, don't hire people, no matter how smart they are, no matter how great they are, if people aren't good, if they're not nice people, then there's just no reason to sit next to them in an office every day. Uh, so 
so I think that was a, a big part of uh, a big part of learning there was was culture and the importance of it and uh, the importance of hiring people that are curious and creative uh, so that they can you know in, in, being intelligent and hardworking or, or table stakes I think for for most jobs uh, but but being creative is something that we really focus on here at Acre Trader uh, because we want we want people to work uh, work hard but solve problems. You know, and then you've got to be willing to dig and ask questions in order to find solutions. And, and that's, that's really important for us. seems like your core chemistry here at Acre Traders is pretty solid from what I've seen. Uh, being in the office here for about an hour before the podcast, checking everything up. And we were talking a little, about, a little bit about hiring people, and it seems like Carter's taking it more serious than most people do with uh, finding the right fit and whatnot. But uh, I've, I just graduated uh, we talked about, but I started my investing career. Uh, did a little bit in school, but uh, taking off now, trading money in the stock market, getting into some venture capitalists, uh, just got some commercial properties I'm working on we were talking about. But uh, you've done a lot in investing, it seems like. So what advice do you have for me when it comes to investing? I'm always looking for it, looking for angles. What, uh, what sure. Um, I, I'm always careful not to... Not to push advice, um, especially in the world of investing, because everybody has different appetites and they're, they're looking for different things. Uh, as you know, the, you're, you're young, so take more risk, right? And, and as, you, as you age out and get older, uh, take less and less risk. I think that's, that's sort of rule number one is pay attention to where you are in the demographic curve. Uh, number two, and, and this may be uh, just me, but diversification is huge, right? And don't put all your eggs in one basket. Uh, try not to speculate. Take risk, but don't speculate. They're very different things. Uh, you know, you, you want risk-adjusted returns, right? So if you're taking risk, you better have some big rewards. Uh, but still, don't be speculative because uh, you can lose a lot of money. Uh, and I think that probably takes me to rule number two, which is if you can, try really, really hard to not lose money. If you can make sure that you don't, and I know it's easier said than done, uh, but if you can not lose money, then you're going to make a lot of money just, just by principles of compounding uh, and investing. So, uh, so approaching everything with a lot of work and diligence up front uh, to, to try to eliminate unnecessary risks is, uh, is incredibly important. Yeah, we, uh, we both got a little bit of investing background. We're obviously pr- pursuing the investing career, but what's, uh, what's some piece of advice you have for just an everyday investor, just someone maybe investing something in a 401k or say a guy who wants to purchase a little stake of farm ground like an acre trader what what do you have for them what yeah i, I think that's a that's a great point you know again it, it goes back to uh portfolio diversification and and um uh you know stability right and, and hedging your downside and so that's what we're really excited about with farmland uh, is, is as an asset class and i understand a lot of your listeners own a lot of farmland but even the ones that do they probably own farmland you know very very locally uh, but diversifying, right? Instead, buying a little bit of farmland in two or three different states is a, is a far better approach uh, than, than in one, uh, one particular quarter somewhere. Uh, you know, and, and the same is true inside of a larger investment portfolio, uh, making sure that you're you, using ETFs or whatever other mechanisms you have out there to get broad exposure to the market uh, and broad exposure to various asset classes. Again, that's, that's why we're so excited about AcreTrader is to offer farmland as an asset class for, for everyday investors and allow them to uh, become involved with as little as $1,000. Cool. Let's, uh, I was, let's talk about this a little bit. I was browsing around on your LinkedIn and saw you were a member of the Forbes Finance Council. I, 
I'm really not familiar with this. Uh, what exactly is this? Sure. So uh, Forbes magazine reached out to me uh, and and basically asked me to if I was interested in writing content uh, for for Forbes. Uh, and so you know I, I'm obviously very excited about farmland, uh, about the the, the long term. Um, potential for, for investment returns in farmland and, and the diversification it brings to people's portfolios. And, and there's just not enough content out there about that topic. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we actually posted something just yesterday, uh, wrote an article there uh, about the, the investment returns of gold versus farmland. And I think the ultimate underlying message of that was why would you own gold when you can own farmland? It gives you all the same uh, protections and attractiveness of, of gold, uh, except for it does it in a much better fashion, uh, in a much more attractive fashion. And by the way, you know, with income uh, rather than with gold, you don't get that. So that's an example of something recently written there. But, but yeah, bigger, the bigger picture is something we're, we're really excited to be a part of, and uh, I'm excited that they uh, they asked us to uh, to be on that council. Yeah, how's that work? Do you just send? Do you just send in stuff when you get it, or do they like? contact you like hey we need a piece yeah it's uh typically the, the former I'll, I'll send stuff in work work with their editorial team uh it's a little frustrating I, I like pictures right i like telling stories with charts and graphs and tables and uh simple ones but but pictures tell a lot and uh, they're they're pretty guarded about putting external pictures on their website so you gotta i've gotta be verbose and use extra words to describe it but uh but yeah as a whole i, I work with their editorial team and uh, put, put the content on, on their site. Yeah, we're definitely a uh, big picture. picture yeah, guys too. I love it. Got the pictures, <laughs> the videos. I, I see them. We, uh, we love all that stuff. Um, let's talk about, I'd like to jump into some maybe a little more tougher questions. Might stump some people, but do you have a philosophy by which you live by? Yes, I do. Um, got a few, and my, my wife probably has a different answer than I do. Um, but you know, I, I think core for me is is don't waste time, right? We're we're not on this earth for very long, uh, and so you know, for for me, what that means, and everybody, it means something different. Uh, for me, that means no TV, no no video games, no no sitting still. Uh, there's there's uh, so much to be done, so much to learn, and and so much exciting to work on out there that uh, uh, becoming complacent or or not uh, not actively pursuing projects of passion or projects for work, uh, you know, can can quickly uh, weigh on weigh on you and, and weigh on your happiness, right? It just it's you know you, you know this everyone knows this when you when you create something and when you do something uh, when you go outside and even if it's taking a walk you feel better you, you feel good after doing it uh, and you know while look I, I love Netflix as much as the next person you know two episodes into your latest binge and it starts to get you start to feel like this weird. Uneasiness in your and, and guilt. You call it in your dome. It, <laughs> yeah, it's just, just like uh, me and my dad always working out. We'll skip a day and we'll just like, <laughs> it's like eight o'clock at night. Like it's just been our dome all day. Like we gotta go. We gotta go. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. So it's just sitting. It's just something. Yeah, sitting back there. Yeah, man, always. exactly. So. So yeah, you know, that's don't waste time is important for me. Uh, the other is don't take yourself too seriously, right? Um, we we joke with each other a lot in the office. We're we're uh, you know crass and fun and work environment. Uh, there, there's just uh, I don't know. Again, we're not here for long, so uh, treat others right and and do right by yourself and by your family and and have a good time while you're doing it. Uh, laugh every day. Good deal. What's the uh, tell me this one? What's the biggest misconception about Carter? 
uh, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I don't think I'm well known enough to have any uh, uh, misconceptions or, or understandings. I don't know, maybe, maybe that I'm tall, dark, and handsome, uh, or that I, you know, have a great fashion sense. You graduated school four years ago, <laughs> right? Right. That I'm, that I'm 25, but yeah. <laughs> I'm in my late 30s. Sure. <laughs> Um, before we jump in to learn a little bit about you, what's the uh, best piece of advice you can give to me, like a young entrepreneur like myself, currently trying to start a business of his own? Hmm. Um, I, you know, again, I'm always cautious to be in the advice giving business because uh, everybody everybody wants to push their advice. Um, uh, for, for for me, I think it's it's work hard, and, and that means. Set a schedule, twelve hours a day. You know, I, I, I work. I try to do a minimum of twelve hours every day, uh, every week, every month. And uh, if you work hard, you increase your chances of getting lucky, right? That, that's no matter what uh, business you're in, no matter what you're working on, uh, no matter what personal projects you're pursuing, uh, you always want to get lucky, right? But you're just not going to get lucky by wishing or waiting or scratching a lottery ticket, right? You get you get lucky by working really hard and. Uh, that's 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 it. I think, I think nine to five isn't going to get it done. It's an insanely competitive work environment out there. You know, it's it's competitive on the farm, right? It's just the same idea. Uh, you know, I say twelve hours a day, but you and I both know people that that pull eighteens all the time, uh, especially this time of year, uh, and uh, you know, for the next six eight months. Uh, so it's just it's just important that uh, that you work really really hard, and if you do, you you increase your chances of success dramatically. Yeah, I read a quote the other day. Um, I don't remember who said it, but they said it's weird how how many more opportunities arise the harder you work. That's right. <laughs> I was like, hey, yeah, you're probably right there. But uh, let's move aside from your career a little bit. Let's uh, talk a little bit more about what Carter, what uh, what makes Carter tick. From what you told me, um, sounds like. Your life's currently revolving around Acre Trader. You're locked in, but uh, let's learn a little bit about you. Uh, you told me you're a music fan, but I just learned on the podcast you were also a traveling musician. Yep. Um, tell us a little bit about that. What was going on there? Sure. Yeah, I think uh, you know music and reading have always been two of my biggest uh, uh, pursuits. Uh, you know, I would say that reading has definitely taken more of a front seat in, in more recent years, especially with a few kids. Uh, I, I, I love music. You know, I, I listen to music every day. Uh, it, it, it probably makes me tick more than anything else in the world, to, to, to your question. Um, and, and I still practice uh, quite a bit, uh, practice a number of instruments, and try to, try to at least uh, keep up uh, and not let my, my previous hard work fade. Uh, and, then, and then I read a lot. I, I read a, uh, a, a lot of books. I try to do... Nonfiction and fiction interspersed. You know, the fiction is always sort of fun and keeps you engaged, keeps you reading, and uh, keeps you in the habit of when you sit down on the couch or lay down in bed picking up a book. Uh, and then I try to do uh, nonfiction, like two nonfictions and a fiction, basically, to keep me in that, keep the cadence up. Uh, and so on the, on the, you know, you asked about music. Uh, you know, I've got a long list of favorite bands and books. Is probably the same. I'm trying to think of some top, some off the top of my head, um, you know, monetary policy is always something that's fascinating. Uh, so, uh, Lords of Finance, Currency Wars, uh, the uh, right there, the Creature from Jekyll Island is on on my shelf over there. Uh, I'm you know fascinated by the the uh, more recent decisions by both ours and, and global central banks. 
it's it's you know it, w- it was necessary at the time. Uh, however, it's not it's not without its risks, and uh, I think that's what's helped prop up things like gold prices and farmland prices, and and may potentially drive them a whole lot higher in the future. Uh, and so that's a, again part of the core thesis of of Acre Trader. Is, uh, this is a this is a very long term trend. What's uh, favorite concerts? Gosh. Um, you know, I'm a big concert guy. Yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, me, me too. I got over 100. Maybe. Wow, I'm wow. I, I try to check off concerts and baseball stadiums. Wow, uh, man. God, I have to think about it for a while. I, I don't know. Um, I, I saw you know, Eric Clapton play a number of years ago, and uh, that was amazing because he doesn't make mistakes. You know, it's 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 one thing to get out there and wail and guitar and you know play all kinds of various technical music. It's another thing to see slow hands get out there and and bend every note perfectly and do everything with with such insane precision. You know, it's just like he's doing it in his sleep, and yet still be highly engaging and entertaining. So I think that's the top of my mind right now. You ask me in ten minutes, and I'll change in my mind. Where'd you see him at? Um, in Little Rock, actually, at, at, at Verizon. So. Nice. Yeah, mine's probably uh, Paul McCartney. So. Oh, awesome. Last year at Austin City Limits. Oh, that's great! We did a bachelor party there, banged <laughs> out uh, Paul McCartney and Metallica. Nice. I actually saw them. I've seen them a few times as well. Pretty, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty good live concert. My dad convinced my dad to go. I'm like, Dad, you got to go. Like, yeah, it's a good show, man. Yeah, you know, it's it's a, it's, up, it's a good show. So, um, tell me a little bit about your family. Um, seems like you guys are pretty close. Yeah, so you know, you actually just mentioned Paul McCartney. I was thinking in my head already about, about my my daughter. Uh, I have two little girls at home, and uh, one of them, the, the older three and a half year old, is obsessed with the Beatles right now. So she's learning the names of the Beatles, and it's, it's pretty fun to hear hear her rattle them off. Um, so, uh, but yeah, in, in terms of family, I mean, it's 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 uh, you know, I talk a lot about work, and that's what we're doing. But it's clearly the it's my favorite thing in this world. Um, so. You said what makes you tick earlier, and I said I said music, uh, thinking about things and, and experiences. But uh, but the thing that's you know most important and, and what really makes me tick is is my kids. Um, but I'm I'm lucky again. I mentioned earlier I've got uh, I, my parents split early, but uh, it was amicable and they are all great people. So I, I was just incredibly fortunate to be raised by uh, by fun loving, you know, nice nice people. I guess is the best way to put it. So still still very close with with all of them. Like, yeah, we're all pretty close on uh, our family. I'm going to eat with uh, my sister after this, and both of my cousins run around here as freshmen. <laughs> uh, they're Sigmanese too. So nice. <laughs> Tell me, you're a big traveler. Um, tell us a little bit about the best places you've traveled um, and what's still on the bucket list. Yeah. Um, so let's see. In, in 2013, uh, b- between jobs, my, my wife and I knew we wanted to have kids sometime very soon. So we decided to check out and um, do something, you know, probably financially very dumb, but but very exciting at the time. Uh, going back to the theme of my my one dad of always, you know, life's about experiences. He he urged us to do this. So we bought a, an around the world ticket uh, on, on United Airlines and, and their various airline partners. And uh, did something like 13 countries and 20-something cities in, in uh, 50 days. Uh, and and that, was a, that was definitely my favorite trip. Uh, I'd say New Zealand was probably the prettiest place we went, uh, followed by Bhutan, which is a little country above, above India. A really, really pretty place and uh, relatively untouched by the rest of the world. 
Uh, and it's obviously, as, as, as you know, uh, traveling can be really humbling, and uh, you know, it just makes you realize how, how fortunate and lucky, lucky we are to have been born at, at this time and in this place in the U.S. Right? It's just not uh, hasn't been this way uh, forever, and, and it's not this way in most places around the world. Uh, bucket list. The other question, um, I've only been to the Panama Canal. I've never crossed into South America. Uh, I, I want to go to South America in particular. I've uh, got some friends, actually some farmers uh, in Argentina that I want to go hang out with, and uh, I'm desperate to go down there for a, a dove hunt, uh, which is, seems uh, wildly exciting. Yeah. you ski much? Or? Uh, I do. It's probably, I'm, I'm terrible at every sport in the world. I, I can actually uh, you know, at least get down the hill without injuring myself, so uh, I, I really enjoy skiing a lot. Yeah, I want to get down there and ski at some point. Yeah. Sure. It looks fun. From, from the pictures, it looks like it's not too, uh, it's not too ugly out there either. It's a pretty, pretty environment. Yeah, let's, uh, let's talk a little Razorbacks, though. I think you're the first Razorback alum I've had on the show. <laughs> you were uh, Sigma Chi, right? Yep, yep. So, cool. Yeah, I came up here to school in, in 99, and uh, I guess just, just after I was at school here, probably, we actually had a had a relatively decent football team uh, until some number of, I don't know, when was that, seven or eight years ago? And now it's, uh, it's less exciting. Uh, and then I think we all just sort of got shocked out of sports last year uh, when we just were one pop flop. I mean, just just one catch away from winning the World Series of Baseball. Did you go? Uh, no, no. But it was down here on Dixon Street, right by our offenses. I got the video and, on my uh, phone. If you want, no to thanks. I'm, I'm good. I thanks. Thanks for the offer. But uh, oh my God, I think been, I deleted it. The yeah, yeah. I only know I have this. There, there have been enough tears shed around here over that. So I'm, I'm good. Thanks. You, uh, you did go to many football games. Yeah, I, I try to. Um, this this last season, uh, I gotta say, I was just spending my my weekends in the office, and so uh, only got to one this last year, which is really, uh, uh, really sad on my part. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really weak, man. <laughs> yeah, you don't even live here, even more than I did. Yeah, so. We do, yeah. Uh, me and some of my close buddies in my fraternity, I was Sigma Nu, but we're doing, uh, we decided we're going to do, we rented out a tent last year, one of those white tents. Yeah, so man. We're doing an annual tent thing every year, so. That is awesome. Uh, sure, those yeah. are a lot of fun. Yeah. Maybe, I think eventually we're going to get to where we just rent it uh, full season. For the season? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. I'll, I'll stop by yeah, and say hi. Fun. But, uh, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about what you're doing with Acre Trader now. From what I understand, uh, we talked about the company launched a few weeks ago. Um, just tell me a little bit more about the company and what exactly you guys do. Sure. So, so yeah, we've been uh, I've been been working on the business for a couple of years. Started building the the technology about a year ago, um, and w- tried to wait a long time before before actually launching it because we wanted to make sure everything was was perfect. And so we tested it, retested it, poked it, prodded it, tried to break it, broke it, etc. Uh, because this is a, a business when you're handling financial transactions where there is zero margin for error. Right? It's kind of like the the uh, FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, right? The if, even if you have ninety nine point nine nine percent uptime, that still means people die in, in airplane wrecks. So uh, we 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 feel the same way when we're dealing with with financial transactions. We just have to be incredibly careful. So we spent a long time. We're very methodical and thorough in, in building it. We've got a team of uh, eleven employees right now uh, working on it. And yeah, we just launched about a month ago. Uh, we've already started crossing our, our first transactions. Uh, and and uh, what that means is, so we're a platform for farmland investing, so uh, both for small farms and, and for the very largest farms. Uh, we, we help farmers find buyers. Uh, so 
big picture is there, there's a lot of investment dollars out there wanting to invest in farmland, uh, but but most, if not, you know, the overwhelming majority of those investment dollars don't necessarily know how to. So we've built an online platform uh, that allows investors to go on there and buy shares of farmland. Um, in, in, in addition to that platform, we have a, an institutional product as well. So we're working with, uh, I'd say, tens of millions of dollars of farmland right now to sell these larger plots of farmland to large institutional buyers, whether that's uh, uh, you know churches, endowment funds, pension funds, private equity funds, uh, that, that part of the world that I've I spent my career working in, um, but also on the on the website. And I think probably first and foremost is what 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 we do and how that works is we take a, a piece of farmland, we put it in a unique LLC, and then we sell shares of that LLC to individual investors. Uh, those investors then can hold shares in that LLC. We take care of all of the back end, the administration, uh, the uh, you know management of the process, the payments, etc. So that the investors. Uh, aren't ever bothering the farmer. They don't know the farmer's number, and we, we don't let them bother the farmer. Uh, they've got one point of contact, which is us. And likewise, the farmer has one point of contact, which is, which is us and or a, a third-party manager. Uh, and, and we're really excited because we bring a lot of value to the table for those farmers. We help them uh, in, in, in a lot of ways and, and work closely with them. We, we never tell them how to run their business. Uh, they know their dirt better than any one of us ever will. And so we don't, we don't pretend to be on-farm experts. Uh, but we do have a lot of expertise in... Uh, in, in farmland finances. So, so Garrett on our team uh, works on our farm operations team, previously managed uh, a 40,000-acre farm. Uh, you know, he's, he's dealt with hundreds of millions of dollars of farmland, and uh, you know, I, I've dealt in a, in a billion-dollar investment fund. So we, we sort of understand the financial side. We understand valuing land. Garrett has looked at every piece of software and applicator and seed treatment out there. And so you know, again, what we, 90% of the farmers, maybe 95% of the farmers we ever speak to, we, we most likely won't work with, but we give them everything that we have. Uh, we give them documents, valuation, uh, overviews of, of our thoughts on the market, their local markets, uh, a national perspective on what's going on farmland and price trends and, uh, you know, software. Uh, again, we, you know, and even the farmers we work with, we do not tell them how to run their business. But, you know, a recent example is farmers asking us about some software that he wanted to purchase. Uh, we said, look, that's, that's some really cool stuff, but they recently wanted to raise a round of financing. They, they couldn't get it done. Uh, and so we're a little concerned about that business uh, staying alive. And, and by the way, like, Garrett used to use the software, and, you know, there were some issues with it. There is this other alternative software you should take a look at. Farmers are like, oh, wow, I hadn't even heard of that. Uh, so, again, we don't tell them what to do, but, but we love to help out where we can. And we think that by doing that and working with farmers and helping them understand their, uh, the, what the farm may, may be worth to alternative buyers, uh, we can provide them a lot of value. We do all that for free. Uh, and and the, hopes, the hopes of which is that we'll work with them today or, or someday in the future. Yeah, breaking this down maybe into some more simple terms for people out there. Acre Trader is basically like buying a Facebook stock but for farm ground. You own a small stock of it small share is that is that basically how it works or yeah i think that's um i think that's probably a a, a good way to put it uh, is, is it's just like a security in a business right which is a, a stock uh so we we sell stocks of farmland uh and so i think the difference is is it's not a volatile market right facebook stock can go up or down a lot uh read stocks can go up or down a lot um and so uh, our intention is to provide people stability in their portfolios and provide them a, 
uh, inflation protection and a hedge and uh, uh, diversification. Right? I think that's that's what we're after. Sam and an, Sam, an investor looking on the site, you know, farm ground just comes up for sale. No one's purchased anything of it. Could I purchase the whole thing? Is that is that an option or? It, it absolutely is. I mean, we're, we're working with a, a number of farms right now to do exactly that, where uh, the be a farm buyer wants to buy a whole farm and uh, you know we've got them look, looking across states and, and so we'll help the buyer uh, find find a good farm and uh, and help put together the deal and and importantly for that buyer is we he has one person to touch uh, across the United States and one you know that's acre trader and and we provide that buyer with his his red checks and reports and data and information feedback etc and, and importantly we leave reserves there so if the farmer needs to um, get tile for his farm, uh, or he needs to put a new well in, an emergency well repair, whatever that may be. We're here. This is all we do every day uh, is, is work on farmland and work with farmers. So we're here to fix it that day. Uh, and I think that's something that we, a lot of value we bring to the farmer as well. Say, say you're a farmer and you own 2,000 acres and you want to put, could you put 500 of your acres up for investment? Sure could. Absolutely so. Uh, and even much much smaller lots than that, right? Um, and, and likewise, if you want to sell your entire large chunk, we can we can find, uh, w- you know, it, we think we find a very good price for that because we, we're close with uh, and have a lot of institutional long-term relationships with the big buyers out there too. So say they sell it, they get the cash for it. Um, Who's working the ground? Are they still working the ground? Or? If they want to, absolutely. Okay. You know, and that's that's something else that, that's of note is I think about three-quarters of farmland that's sold is sold to another farmer, right? And, and typically that new farmer has the obvious intention of moving on to that farm and, and farming the ground. Uh, in, in our case, you know, if the seller wants to keep farming it, uh, we're, we're thrilled with those situations. We, we love sale leasebacks. Uh, it actually... If anything, it simplifies our life to continue to work with the person that knows that ground better than anybody else in the world. So they're still working it. Uh, they sell it. Uh, do they get paid? Or yeah, so we, we pay them for the land, and, then, and they pay us rent over time. Uh, if, if they if they like, we can build in write a first offer for them if they if they decide they want to buy it back someday, uh, or maybe they want to get rid of it forever, or they want to diversify and buy land in another state, or go spend some money on something fun. Yeah, I saw you guys got a few pieces of ground up, but uh, what what are you guys exactly looking to invest in when it comes to farm ground? Yeah, so we're you know right now we're focused on Delta Midwest states. Uh, we'll always only have two or three listings on the on the website uh, just because we we don't want to uh, have fifty different deals going on at one time. We want people to be able to focus. Uh, but you know, I say we have a, a Delta Midwest uh, focus today, but uh, this week I've spoken to. Uh, a uh, farmer, an almond farmer in California, and another farm seller in Maryland. Uh, so we we definitely have large national ambitions uh, and, and want to get there and plan to get there in the in the very near term. So you're so you're mainly only right now at the time you're taking Missouri Delta Midwest or yeah Delta I said Missouri. No, no, uh, yeah. So we're we're working on a right now. We've got a farm in Arkansas and Mississippi and in Illinois, um, but uh, we'll. We, we look at farms, you know. I mean, I, I think in the last month or two, we've we've looked closely at uh, 100, 150 farms. Uh, you know, we, we so we, we look all over is the answer. So, is there um, is there any competition in the space? Um, you're seeing we're all seeing more and more companies pop up, farm ground real estate space, but there still aren't many like you. I've seen. I mean, we got Farmland Finder, which is we talked about, more of a Zillow type platform. We've 
recently talked to Private Acre, which is almost like an Airbnb for land more geared towards hunting, it seems like, mm-hmm. not really particularly farm ground. Mm-hmm. But uh, are you seeing anyone else out there similar to what you do right now? Um, a little bit, right? And so you know, the companies you mentioned, uh, Farmland Finder, we, you know, we, we know Stephen over there and, and love what he's doing. Acre Value is the same. Uh, there, there's some really great innovation taking place in the space, and, and we, we work with a lot of those people. Um, we're actually customers of both those companies. Uh, so, uh, but in, in terms of direct competition, you know, there's a platform out there doing uh, what we do for farm businesses. So think like aquaculture centers and uh, cocoa farms in, in South Africa. Uh, so there's there's some there's some motion out there. There's other people looking you know looking to do what we do, and I think there will be there will be more competition over time, without a doubt. I think uh, where we differentiate is one we. We want uh, want the farmer to own his. I'm sorry. We, we want to own the dirt, but we, we want the farmer to uh, do their work. We, we want to stay out of their business and not tell them what they what to do. Uh, and you know, any competitors are out there, and certainly anything that we've seen that's trying, they're they're not farmers. Uh, you know, we're dyed in the wool rednecks here at the core. Uh, we've you know we've all grown up around farmland, but but importantly, we've also have real investment history and. In, you know, between uh, our, our management team here and our advisory board, uh, we've we've managed billions of investments and billions in revenue uh, through through you know very large companies. One question I have for you is: How do you continue to innovate and grow if you're the only company in the space? Yeah, well, again, we we. Uh, you know, I think two other core mantras. I said, "Stay in business tomorrow." But um, uh, constructive paranoia and run like you're being chased are, are things that we, uh, uh, we we really adhere to. Uh, we 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 have a, a huge pipeline of product and feature innovations coming. Uh, we have a lot of new offerings coming onto the site uh, for for non-accredited investors. Uh, we have we have got our work cut out and then some in front of us. And 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 we know that you know we, we want to build something big here, right? We want to be a low fee, low friction. Platform uh, because we want to be a high volume platform, and, and we know to do that, uh, we've got to provide a lot of value to investors and a lot of value to farm owners uh, and farm sellers and farmers. And uh, the good news is we're, we're doing that. We're, we're already doing that now, and uh, we'll, we'll we intend to only get better at that. From what I've seen, Acre Trader has a pretty invest, uh, impressive board of advisors with Don Robert. He's currently the chairman of Experian and Warren Jensen. Um, how do you guys get this caliber of people to sit on your board? That's pretty impressive, and you just you don't see that every day. Yeah, I've 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 been lucky in my career to interact with some some pretty great managers of, of some big businesses. So so yeah, Don's actually now uh, transitioning to become the chairman of the London Stock Exchange. Uh, Warren is uh, was formerly the CFO of Axiom and uh, 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 Amazon.com, Delta Airlines, NBC. Uh, John Wright is on our board. He used to be the head of operations at J.B. Hunt, so a massive trucking company. So they've, they've got really great operational experience, and, and they are uh, super helpful to me and the team here uh, as, as advisors. Uh, and and uh, you know, in, in terms of how, how I've met these guys over the years, it's just been mostly through uh, personal interaction uh, with with their companies. And I'm sorry, first a professional interaction followed by personal interaction. Uh, they've just they're, they're all really great people to be around. Uh, Don, in particular, it's kind of funny. He's uh, uh, lives in the UK and uh, you know said he's uh, becoming a chairman of the London Stock Exchange. Uh, and Experian before that was a you know fifteen thousand person company. So he's he's done some some things I'll probably never get to do. Uh, but it was fascinating. I, I invited him to come over here hunting. Uh, 
uh, seven or eight years ago, probably, and brought him to, to Stuttgart, uh, to the Delta. And, you know, he's used to what they call shooting in the UK, uh, which is you put on neckties and go out in the field and shoot pheasants, and you have somebody else load your gun for you while you're doing it. Um, and so I brought him here to, to go duck hunting, and, you know, just it's, it's muddy, it's fun, it's, it's raucous, and he was just like, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing ever. you got to come with me to... to uh, uh, to England to come shoot over here, and so I go over there. I've been over several times, and you know, strap on a necktie and wear funny clothes to go out and stand in the middle of the field and shoot pheasants. Uh, we, we sort of found a passion hunting together. It's uh, been a been a common bond since since then. That's cool. What's uh, tell me this? What's the best piece of advice these guys have offered to you? What's uh, what could you tell our listeners? Yeah, it's um, it's it's a long list, and I, I'd say that. Uh, you know, there's there's advice and there's criticism. Uh, I, I push for for both, but in particular the latter, uh, which is to say, you know, we've built something, and then I, I constantly go to them with iterations of the build, iterations of the business plan, and ask for feedback and criticism. Uh, we, as a whole, our whole culture here is one of radical transparency. Uh, we operate, you know, sometimes you get your feelings hurt, but everyone in the office has a duty to correct me when I say something wrong or do something wrong, and it hurts to feel it. It hurts to hear it sometimes. Uh, it can hurt your feelings, but uh, it's, it's, you know, we all want to grow as operators and as managers and as uh, parts of this business, and so I think that's what's been most important uh, that, that the advisors have provided us as a team is, is constant feedback and criticism and helping us to, to get better every day. Cool. Um, one question I always like to ask Many people, when it comes to their business, I've learned a lot from it, but as the questions, how does Acre Trader keep their competitive advantage? Yeah, you know, we, you yourself. Sure, I think uh, as, a, as a business, and it's probably the same, because um, we, we are the same, uh, I think it's, we, we, gotta, we gotta outwork everyone else. We gotta build the best software out there. Um, and, and I think that we've, we've done that so far. We gotta continue doing that. More importantly than that, is we've got to provide value to our customers. We, we've got to uh, provide value to the investors. We've got to provide value to farmers and and, uh, and help them. And uh, and again, you know, Garrett on our team is, is such a huge asset for for Acre Trader. I mean, he is he's the we all talk about the young progressive farmer that's adapting these new technological changes and improving yields as a result. Uh, and he's sort of the, the poster poster child for that. He's in his early thirties. He just works insanely hard. He's a, he's a very smart guy, and uh, uh, you know I think that that on farm experience and doing that over forty thousand acres, uh, you know, helps helps us. Uh, you know, and having other people like him in the office. I'm picking on one person, but uh, but but having the depth of experience we do with farmland uh, is a is a huge competitive advantage that we need to and we will continue to build on. What's the What's the biggest value? Acre Trader offers today. Say if someone called, say I called in this afternoon, what? And I said, what's the biggest value you you could uh, offer me? What would your answer be? Sure. Uh, if if you are an investor, uh, the the biggest value. You know, we're, we're a two sided marketplace, right? Just like Uber or Airbnb or Visa, uh, you know, so or a stock market for that matter. Uh, so f- so for one side of the marketplace, that's investors. We provide them access to farmland. Uh, you know, aside from people that are. Uh, out on farms every day, uh, it's it's near impossible to to own shares directly in farmland. Even for people that are on farms every day, it's near impossible to do it in a neighboring state. Uh, you know, let, let alone somewhere a thousand miles away. So I think we provide a lot of value on on that side. 
on, on the other side to to the farmers and the farm sellers, you know, we went through earlier, uh, we, we give away a ton for free uh, because we want to, A, we just want to see farmers succeed, and B, we know that builds a lot of goodwill over time and helps our reputation. Uh, beyond that, we provide them access to capital. We provide them alternative ways to, uh, to finance their business. You know, we help farmers grow, right? So we, we've talked about farm sellers, but uh, there are lots of farmers that want to grow their business. In fact, most do. And, and so when they see a neighboring piece of land come up for sale, we can be the investor in that land and partner with them and help them expand their operations. Uh, so you know, I, I think that's what's, what we're so excited about here at Acre Trader is we uh, were able to bring a lot of value to both sides of the network. It's a, it's a win-win for everyone involved. My dad uh, always talks about fragmentation. He says where there's, where there's fragmentation, there's an opportunity. So how big are the upcoming opportunities investing in farm ground sure so yeah in, in terms of fragmentation I mean this is an industry with millions of farmers hundreds of millions of acres of farmland uh, there, there's not often a ton of communication farm to farm uh, much less state to state uh, and, and so I think helping provide a, a platform for that uh, and, and helping people understand the, the value of what, what, what they have uh, is, is important for us in, in that uh, fragmentation uh, and um, yeah, I think that's probably the, the biggest component to it. It's just, again, circling back on the theme of uh, providing as much value as we can as possible to, to farmers, you know, helps to, for us, that, that, that is the opportunity, right? It's a fragmented industry, and, and uh, we, we can build a great business by, uh, uh, you know, by helping to, to improve the communication and, and helping improve the, the bids out there, ultimately. You know, if, if, you, if you don't have a neighboring farmer buying your land, you, there may not be anyone interested. And so I think that's, that's a, a big piece of value we can bring. So where do you see Acre Trader in the next three to five years? Yeah, I think our, our big mission is to, to, to democratize the, the buying and selling of farmland. Uh, and I don't think we get there alone, right? We, we work with uh, brokers. We work with funds. We work with technology partners, uh, but but I think for us it's about maintaining uh, you know some semblance of, of neutrality, and and making sure that uh, uh, you know we, we ultimately work towards that mission of, of just improving liquidity and visibility uh, in the marketplace, so that we ultimately can help democratize that that process. Uh, and I think along the way, again, if we just do all this for as low a fee as possible, we we will build volume and become the platform, and that that's our goal. And and uh, we've all made career bets that we will be there in three to five years. And I'm, I'm confident we will. You're the place to go if someone wants to invest in farm ground. That's what you're saying. I think that's I think that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, right. absolutely. <laughs> you know, and I think uh, if you go to AcreTrader.com, you, you can see we've we've built uh, some pretty pretty exceptional content and information and systems around that uh, to be able to do just that and come buy farmland in, in minutes. So literally do it. Yeah, you're showing me today. It took. Uh, Yep. It took two and a half, three minutes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we've had people come on in the middle of the night and, you know, buy $10,000 of farmland uh, without ever speaking to a human. Uh, we've had people buy a whole lot more than that, you know, after one phone call. Uh, so uh, we, we, are, we are thrilled to be able to provide this, this platform and this service to, uh, to investors out there. That's cool. I, um, I like to end with a little fun, though. So can you finish the sentence for me? Carter is... Excited. I'm, I'm very, very excited uh, about what's what's going on in this industry, the, the pace of innovation that's uh, that's going on, the acceleration there, uh, and and what we what value we can bring as a company. So, excited, without a doubt. That's that's number one.
Um, just say, what about in life? What do you? How would you say Carter is like just in life in general? Huh. Um, Something that describes you other than you, you as a person, not business. Yeah, you know, I, I I can't come up with a single word for it. I'm 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 an experienced person, right? I'm I'm uh, I've I've been fortunate to have great jobs in the past, and uh, uh, my most recent job was you know absolutely amazing. Um, but this sounded like this is the most fun I can imagine having. It's building a company and building a culture. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it, experiences are what what I'm here for uh, in my, my short time on this, this planet. Seeker. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I, uh, it's more of a millennial thing me and my dad talk about. But yeah. um, I do find a lot of value in experiences. I do the... Uh, I get out there do some crazy stuff and do the yeah. festivals and yeah yeah stuff sure and I think it's worth always giving something a shot. Like, I, yeah, I think that's right. I, like I I, uh, I think. I'm, I'm right on the line, so I don't think I'm technically a millennial, but I'm definitely not in the sense that when I say experience, I'm not a risk seeker. I'm not jumping out of airplanes. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fairly risk averse person. <laughs> so, I mean, look, I'm uh, you know building a we're, we're building a farmland investing company because we like we like stability, right? Yeah. So uh, before we wrap things up, I would just love for you to tell our listeners one piece of advice or life lesson that's had the most impact on you. I think, uh, you know, I would probably go back to, uh, I, I was really lucky to hire a, a, a person that has since become one of my closest friends uh, 11 years ago, I think. Um, his name was Will, and I was, I was uh, about to make a big life decision. And so he, he told me, he's like, look, make all of your big decisions. Anything that's, that's meaningful, that's going to really impact you, make those decisions as your 80-year-old self. Uh, and, and I think that's that's always stuck with me. If uh, you know when I, when I look back on my life, I want to make sure that I had fun, I, I, I did the right things, uh, and uh, you know, again, got some great experiences. So that's that's uh, that's the one. Make your big decisions as as your eighty year old self. That's uh, definitely a different perspective, and uh, appreciate that advice. But I think that's it for our farm tank session today. I appreciate Carter being on the show. I appreciate you taking your time to do it. Yeah, thank you, you uh, having me down. Give me some beer, show me what's up. <laughs> Absolutely. But, Thanks for coming through. Yeah. Um, I think that's it, but we're definitely stay in touch with Carter in the future. If you guys got any questions, give us a call and we'll put you in contact with him. That's it. See ya. Thanks.